Hey guys, welcome to the Grad Life podcast for the first time in a long time. And I want to just explain the absence from this whole thing. It's that I was building Grad Life as uh, both a media and a grad recruitment company. And then the grad recruitment side actually got sold into a different recruitment company, which kind of put the whole thing up in the air for a while. But uh, due to a couple of lucky factors, one of which was running into a very handsome man from school <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, who very kindly, I have to say, you just asked me to, if you could come on, which you didn't have to do because there's so much more for me to gain here than there is for you. So I really appreciate it. Um, Rob Mate, Lipset it, is here for the day with us. So It's great gonna. to even have someone to chat to me, right? <laughs> I'll, I'll pay you to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like seriously, very much appreciate it because there's a lot more in this for me than, than there is for you. Um, so like it's kind of a weird thing because we're catching up from the last couple like we've known each other for 13 years oh my god i know and that's another reason why i'm so glad to be here like um me and tk often talk about you know keep the day ones close yeah because the the more resourceful you become the more people are going to be asking for a favor and i have so many people that it's like you haven't talked to them in so long and you hardly even know them and then they're like Oh, will you help me out with this? And I'm like, what the hell? It's like, you know, I, I literally hardly know you. So it's great to be with someone that I've known since I was literally 12 years old. Yeah. And, that, and that, that's, that's, that's what, like, I'm really comfortable here and I can't wait to have a good chat with you. So I'm actually going to start really early. I normally start with people in college, but I want to start... So in school, I was a year ahead of you and I was kind of big into all the gym stuff now, which thankfully there's no video because it's all gone. <laughs> but I genuinely, hand to heart, remember you and Gav O'Connor yep. started going to the gym together in maybe fourth year or when yeah. you were in maybe third or fourth year, was it? Yeah, so third year, I started doing a load of push-ups and I stole a dumbbell from the weights room in Clongos and I only won, only won. So I just do curls in one arm and then the other one, like eight, eight reps on each and switch over. I just do curls and push-ups and that was the first kind of weight training I did and yeah. then in fourth year we started building like a little home gym up in the dorms and like slowly putting things together and then we started sneaking into the gym because obviously for anyone listening you're not let in Clongos you're not let into the gym until like you know fifth and sixth year or if you're playing rugby so we were at a young age just so mad to get into that weights room yeah so was the, and for guys who don't know Clongos Clongos is just this uh Boarding school then in Kildare. I don't know if people know it or not. Um, so it's kind of lots of rules and stuff. So it was you and Gav, and you started off, and it's really interesting to see your whole kind of journey and trajectory over the years because you started off respectfully, like kind of way behind where a lot of the rugby players were, and you yeah. were just kind of going in, and that would have been probably an intimidating environment for someone who wasn't one of the the rugby players that said it to go into is that right yeah for sure and like there'd even be older lads in there like lifting away like they're kind of like we earned the right to be here and i just strut in there just <laughs> like yo i'm here to get my pump on you can get out <laughs> the damn way please yeah but uh, it, it's funny how like my my whole career has essentially came from lifting weights and from you know but whatever bodybuilding fitness whatever you want to call it and it's funny how I was literally just so into that since I was like 15 years old. Yeah, it's so funny. it's like, I genuinely do live and breathe this. Yeah. You know? It's like, I'm genuinely passionate about it. And you'll find like, let's say you got an MMA champion or like a pro footballer, pro rugby player. Like they've always just been mad into it since a very young age. Mm. So it's crazy. to I, I even kind of forgot like I was so into it at that stage. So yeah, yeah thanks well, for I, reminding me. I, I just, I, whenever someone kind of talks about where you've gone to now, 
I always say I literally remember him and Gav and yeah. Gav like I think he kind of might have dropped off it a little bit he's or whatever. Still, he still lifts. He's Through, big. Yeah. He has a few injuries, but yeah, he's still into it. Yeah, and we still talk loads. And his younger brother, John, was mad into the gym as uh, well. Ah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. God, some of those guys got really into it. Like, oh, yeah. Brother, like, I walked past those guys. They're enormous. They're massive. And now, even with the younger generation, like, remember when we would have been 15 and 16, everyone played rugby. Yeah. And that was, like, the thing. Nowadays, it's, like, obviously rugby's still huge, but nowadays, it's, like, if you're not into that, you go to the gym. Yeah. It's, like, the gym with the younger generation has, like, maybe I've had a part to play in that. It's just, it's become so massive with the younger younger crowd. And I think that's great, you know? It's better than encouraging them to drink cans in the park. That's true. It <laughs> Any is. Any takeaways, you know? It used to be an, an offset or an offshoot of rugby. Yeah. And now rugby is almost an offshoot of it. Yeah, yeah. It's people, incredible. People are... I was talking to like someone's younger brother and um, just recently in there like I was like oh do you play rugby in this school and he's like nah I just like to focus on the gym it's not and I'm like it's crazy yeah. yeah so like that is a culture that no doubt you have had a big impact in sort of creating um, and obviously we want to get into that and kind of the, the journey etc yeah. but moving from there you left Klongos and you were a really good rugby player at school. You were on the, that team yeah, that won. Yeah, I, I was on the panel the yeah, yeah, yeah. that won, yeah. Um, so you're not slouch on the rugby field either. Like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you left that and went into DIT, right? Yep. What you do in DIT? Okay, so uh, I went into Angel Street and it was business management was the course and it wasn't the level eight, it was like the level six. Right. Because uh, I got 335 points on my leaving. So, you know, <laughs> nothing nothing amazing. But you were jacked, so it was yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, but I had big biceps, so maybe that rounds it off to 400, you know, yeah. in terms of bicep points. But um, so I just did whatever course I could. And I remember when I was picking out my CAO, Oh my god! I just I had no idea. I was literally like, "Dirt business." Yeah. <laughs> like, can you get more general than that? Yeah. I want to do business. Like what? <laughs> you know, it's like so no direction there. I was literally like, "All right, safe business." You know, I'll just do this. And I thought that like, oh, you have to go to college or to go anywhere. And mm-hmm. I was just like, "Okay, I'll just do this course." So yeah. I did business management level six i failed first year so I, I did the whole year went to the odd lecture here and there you know attendance was was not great but i still went the odd time uh, of course failed the summer exams and then they're like right you got to repeat first year again and i was just like i'm the stupid kid in with all the the, you know, the old stupid yeah. kid in with all the young ones i'm like i'm pretty much a mature student at this stage <laughs> Actually, because you're older than me. Yeah, exactly. So you would have been two years yeah, older than I those know. guys. And yeah, I was yeah. just like, Jesus Christ, this is a joke, lads. And then, so again, I repeated first year. Lo and behold, no interest in it. Failed again. And it was so, so mad. You failed first year twice. You failed first year twice. Right. And that is like, there's no worse feeling than being stagnant in life. Yeah. That's just like, if you're not moving forward, you're actually moving backwards because everyone else is moving forward. Can we say, like... You're not stupid and failing first year is hard. So mm. how'd you do it? Where were you investing that time instead? Was it all the gym? It was, a lot of it was in going out. Like I went out loads, but yeah. so did everyone. So, you know, that's not really it. And then the, uh, the rest of it was actually in the gym. And thank God I was studying to be a personal trainer on the weekends. And so 
it was so funny. Like I would be just so into training and nutrition and learning about evidence base and the training nutrition, the science behind it and like really complicated stuff. Mm. But I'd learn this so easily. So I knew I knew I wasn't stupid because I could learn off a whole textbook and I passed all my sports nutrition, physiology, anatomy exams without having studied yeah. just because I'm just genuinely into it. And so I knew I wasn't stupid, but that's when I learned that you need to double down your strengths and you need to actually pursue what you're good at and what you're into or you'll never be the best at it. So I couldn't do accounting. I couldn't do quants, couldn't do any of this. Um, so I decided after I felt second year, I was like, I need to just go all in on this you know, fitness thing. Really? Did you drop out at that point? I did, yeah. So and you that's, fell that's first when, year twice and you left. And then I was like, screw this, I'm gone. And then thankfully I had my personal trainer certificate and all my qualifications. And then I was like, okay, it was, a bur- it was like burn the boats. I was like, my parents don't have a job to give me. I have no relatives with connections, nothing. Okay, no job. Um, got fired from all the retail jobs I worked here and there because your one was like, this, this guy's just got no interest in it. So no job, um, no college. So I was like, burn the boats. I've no other choice but to just go 100% all in on this fitness and social media thing. Okay, pause there. Go all in on the fitness and social media thing. The fitness thing existed back then. The social media thing barely did. So in Ireland, there was no real, the gap that Rob Lipset filled didn't appear to be a gap back then, or at least none of us sort of saw it. So when someone, I say, uh, Tom, what's Lip doing? He's doing some fitness thing. I'd say, what does that even mean? Because there's no path there. So what was that like with people around the place just saying, what's Lip doing? Oh, he's doing some fitness thing. Oh, geez, what a waster. (laughs) And then coming out of a traditional background where you were saying, like coming out of, say, Klongos and Mm. your parents are saying, you have to go to college. What was it like when you turned around and said, I'm not going to finish college and I'm going to do this fitness thing, the social media thing? (laughs) It was like, it was... It was a lot of adversity. I think adversity is is probably the best word to describe it. Like when I was like, I, I saw these people in America and it was just really blowing up in America, like, you know, uh, making videos, uh, tutorials, you know, online training guides and all this. This was like huge in America. And who are we talking here? Christian Guzman Christian or Guzman, other guys? Christian Guzman, Steve Cook, um, Matt Ogus, another one, the Hodge twins. Um, you know, they're all, they're all like still killing it. Yeah. And uh, to name a few, who else did I watch? Uh, Scott Herman is another OG. So like they were all making these YouTube videos and, you know, they'd make a tutorial on like, they put out their whole workout routine. They put all their diets, they put cooking videos online and then they'd be like, they'd monetize it. They'd be like, hey, go to my website. You know, you can buy my training guides. You can buy my book, join my gym, you know, whatever. Okay. And so I was like, no one in Ireland is doing this. Like, there's not a single Irish fitness YouTuber. There's not even many from the UK. So I was like, I look up to these guys. They got a life that I aspire to, that I want. So I'm just going to put my own spin on it and yeah. I'm going to do it. And then obviously, like when I first started, I started out on Facebook. That was the first mm. thing I did because Facebook was big that back then. The organic reach was still there. Now to use Facebook properly, you really got to you got to pay to play. Right? Yeah, you got to pay for Facebook ads. Fair enough. That's just how things evolve. But so it, I was just on Facebook and I was just putting up like kind of posts as statuses. So I was like writing articles as a, as like I a remember. status update. 
and then posting pictures and everything and then i ventured onto youtube you and, were like um, it was almost like you were a scientist because yeah. you were these articles were long yeah they were scientific and they were really kind of nutrition heavy yeah yeah and they so even that had like was research linked as well yeah sure yeah. yeah so that was your angle and like yep. you know you're now on instagram and you're kind of like uh, maybe possibly an image driven and a personality driven brand yeah back then you were an information driven brand completely and you taught people how to eat yeah so and even my first videos were like i've covered every single kind of scientific topic on training and nutrition and my first videos were all information based my first posts on facebook like you said all information based and then after i'd like literally covered everything i started to put my own personality into things yeah and uh, people really enjoyed that you know like well, some people were like i hate this guy <laughs> but then some people uh, you know where i was like oh i like this guy you know it's this irish kid just trying to trying to make a name for himself you know i respect that and then so that's when things took off even more and that's when i started to network with some of these american youtubers and you know people from all over the world that i spoke about and and again it's just that brought me on this like worldwide journey like why 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 would someone like christian guzman take a call from you if you're an irish nobody back then yeah that is actually a funny one so I sent him a Snapchat. Okay, he obviously like wasn't he didn't wasn't that big. He was big, but not as big as he is now. Three four years ago, and I sent him a Snapchat, being like, "Hey, this is my channel. Check it out." And he was like, he just replies, being like, "Shoot me an email." And then he was like, "Yeah, I see like some good you know potential here." And he was like, "You know, I'm starting a brand. Do you want to like you know partner up here? Uh, you know, you can be sponsored by the brand, and you know I can help you with this and that, scratch each other's backs." Mm. And that's how our relationship grew from there. And that kind of got my foot in the door of the American market. And so I guess, I guess, why would he take a chance? I guess he just saw a bit of yeah, bit, bit of you know potential there. Right. You guys all scratch each other's backs. Like yep. you and Christian and then you've the guy, the Gymshark guy. Yeah. Uh, ben, is it? Ben Francis, yeah. Me yeah. and him chat away, yeah. And even like, if any of us, we've like, we've all got a good circle of friends. If any of us start something, we'll all help each other out. So one of our friends started like knee sleeves, you know, like and, and for squatting and like, you know, so kind of workout gear, like right. not clothing. Again, we support him with that. His name's Shirley Coker. Max Tuning, he's another guy that oh, yeah. has a, a brand called Ever Forward. And again, you might say, oh, is this a, uh, is this a rival to Alfleet? And it's like, no, we all help each other out. There's plenty room at the top. When I put on my second uh, creator event, you know, when I bring content and creators get her, okay? Like Christian, Max, all them, surely they jumped at the chance to come help me out and speak at it. Like, that's like their speaking fee would be like if for someone else would be huge. But yeah, for me, they I was like, at that event. Yeah, yeah, they were just like, oh, it's just helping out our buddy. Yeah, they fly across the world for me. So it's like we we've all got this amazing circle of entrepreneurial friends, and we all help each other out, scratch each other's backs. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, oh, it's mad. It's it's crazy. Australia have a term for something that both Australia and Ireland have. I think, and it'd be interesting to hear your take on this. Yep. It's called tall poppy syndrome. As soon as a puppy grows too tall, chop it down, make it normal again. So if someone's doing really well, you know, pull them down a little bit to bring them back in with the pack. Do you find Alan Tavis has that? Oh, absolutely. And Joe, you know who I saw tweet, literally tweet exactly that the other day, John Kavanagh, Conor right, McGregor's yeah, coach, yeah. he tweeted literally about tall poppy syndrome, like you said those words. And, or, or he liked to tweet, or no, no, he did tweet, he replied to it or something, or he retweeted. Anyways, and because he was talking about Conor McGregor mm. and it was like, you know, the amount of Irish people that are like, when McGregor lost the other week, talking down on him. It's like, what the hell? Like, get behind your fellow man. Like, yeah. it's so ridiculous. And so, yeah, I another tall poppy syndrome way to put it is crabs in a bucket. 
all these crabs. Never heard that. Oh yeah, so all the crabs are trying to climb out of the bucket and they're all pulling each other down and they're like trying to pinch each other's legs because again, one crab is trying to get out of the bucket and the other ones want to bring them down. And so to go back to the, you know, the analogy and what it stands for, it's unfortunately very true. Yeah. It's unfortunately very true. I call it um small island syndrome. Yeah, right. It's like again, just you know, small town syndrome even like or small town mentality mm. or the island mentality, okay? And it, it it's people people want to see you do well but not better than them. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. The small town, Dublin's a small town. Very. And it's got a very and particularly, you know, of all that school uh culture, etc. Of course. It's got such a tight and judgmental and do not step out of line for the good of your social life culture. You were in that and you were taking off your top and putting yourself on YouTube. Like that's insane. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like Oh, I that's know. insane. Yeah. So yeah. what you did was pretty much a fixed recipe for social suicide. But you managed to kind of come out the other side of it, or you managed to, you know, you know, like rocket basically. How does that work? Like, I guess I kind of use that to my advantage. Like, I, I really can I swear on this podcast? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really didn't give a fuck. Like, I, I, I was like, there's no, I can't give a fuck anymore. There's no options for me. I was like, I just have to do this. Mm. Like, I have to just make freaking YouTube videos of myself, you know, take my top off and lifting in the gym and, you know, showing people my progress and cooking. And it's so weird. Like, you know, we, people would look at that from Dublin and be like, what's this guy doing? Yeah. But I just had to knock hair and be like, there's loads of people that are really enjoying this and following along. So I got to concentrate on the positives, not the negatives. Okay, let's zoom in. The art, and it's Mark Manson's book, but we're not yeah. going to talk about that. The art of not giving a fuck, yeah. or the skill of not giving a fuck. Yeah. I think I have it pretty well. Yeah, you I have think it. So. You have it probably better than anyone I've ever seen. <laughs> Just because of that social barrier you broke. Yeah. And I've had it forced upon me because I have sudden death syndrome. And so it, it wouldn't make any sense for me to give a fuck. Oh, just in case, yeah. you know, like. That's the ultimate badass move. It's <laughs> like, yo, you want to be a badass? Get some sudden death syndrome in you. That, <laughs> oh that's some God. daredevil shit. Like, that's crazy, man. So that's like, my thing is, because I really came close last year, last January, and ended up with post-traumatic stress disorder. Yep. And I was just like, as if I come out of this PTSD thing, there can't be anything that I won't do if I want to do it because if that happens again and I come really close again, I'll have to go out having done at least or tried the things mm. that I, I'll have wanted to do. Um, Wait, so, would you say, I know this is like extreme positivity, would you say it's almost a blessing in disguise? Oh no, I say that all the time. <laughs> yeah. So I always said, so you know that I suffered, I had a sudden cardiac arrest when I was... Um, when I was... On your gap year. Yeah, on the gap yeah. year, 18. In fact, let's get into it. Let's, I actually love to do this. Let's talk numbers. I was really strong back then. I want to know if I'm anywhere where, near where you were. Hit me with that max bench press. Max bench, I was 18, was 140. What? Deadlift was 210. Holy shit, 140. Three plates. Three plates, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't, I, I can't even do that now myself. Really? I think if I ramped up to it, maybe now I could, I could get it if I gave me a few weeks prep. But no, no, I haven't been, haven't done it. So what, yeah, what's yours? 18, then? 18 year old Mark Max is stronger than me now. Yeah, <laughs> you should start a YouTube channel with the I, fitness. Oh yeah. Jesus, um, yeah, I was doing, I was doing about seven hours a day of training back then. Now you are twice my size for anyone listening. <laughs> if we could get a camera in here, literally twice my size, like that frame, ridiculous. But yeah, so that. Uh, that started with because I, I was really into rugby as well it's kind of all I really wanted to do and I was just the same as you yeah like, you're brilliant culturally against everyone saying like you can't do it etc 
but I just don't, don't give a fuck and you just yep. show up and try. And then I dropped dead and I was in a coma for a week and I had brain damage and I had to co- overcome all that and then I was told I could never play again. Yep. So that was three nights of crying into my pillow trying to get to sleep because literally everything, not only did I have brain damage and I wasn't telling anyone about it, but I could never do anything I ever wanted to do. And kind of recovering from that. And that brings on a certain level of, I don't give of a fuck. Of not giving a well. fuck. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, for real. Yeah, but and, I and always even, say. Even listening to this, I'm like, that perspective is just like, I've never been through something that bad. Like, that, yeah. is, that is insane. Like, so. But it was easily the biggest blessing I've ever had. And I actually, I gave a big talk on it last year in Google to about a thousand people called, what was it called? Street signs or something. Because I was saying, I was driving so fast and then I hit a wall. And then I like big crash, step back and realize it was a, a, a street sign pointing me in a direction saying like, forget about the sports stuff, start, start training your mind, start, you know, reading, learning, etc. I learned Spanish and then I got into the investment banking thing and, and off I went with the career. So that's a lesson for anyone that if something like your shit hits the fan, basically, and you really think everything you've ever worked for and planned for is gone there's often something there pointing you in the direction of something else. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I always say, like, if I never failed first year twice and got fired from all those jobs, I wouldn't be doing what I am now. So sometimes we need that push. Like, we need to hit that that rock bottom. Yeah. To, to be like, I've nothing else to do. I've no other choice. Yeah. It's time to get at it, you know, like, because you've no other options. So it's like, that makes you just be like, it gives you that tunnel vision. What was your rock bottom? When I was literally, so I wasn't even... I wasn't even living at home. I was living in that motel B&B thing. So basically my family like, you know. I remember this. Yeah, I saw yeah. this video. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like when I was like 18, 19, family business shut down. And so to make make ends meet, my, we had to rent out my family home. And so my two parents and my three sisters all moved out of there. So it was just me in this house. And it was loads of small rooms, so the rooms weren't expensive. So n- there was a bad crowd in there. You know, cheap mm. cheap accommodation equals, you know, yeah, maybe sure. a rough crowd. And so I was there in this house that is, like, being rented out by all these and numerous amounts of strangers. It was like, hey, Arnold. And they're all, you know, a lot of them were from different countries and different backgrounds. You'd meet some lovely people there. Yeah. But also meet people who literally stole my, like, they steal out of my room. I got my laptop stolen on me, my no. camera stolen on me. Things would go missing here and there. In your own In home. my own house. So, like, I hated where I lived I hated it and so uh, as you would because I was like Jesus Christ this was once my family home now it's like a bloody cracked end yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay so I hated where I lived I had no job I you know failed college and I was like right I'm gonna have to do something like yeah. I just have to do something what do you like Rob what are you into you're cr- obsessed with fitness training and nutrition you're also s- so into social media do that, mm. you know? And so without all those other factors, it wouldn't have been a, a push to do it. Like imagine like my, I lived in this lovely house and my parents gave me like, just a really cushy job to go into. I'd just be like, sweet, yeah, just yeah. That, you know? I actually find that, and this would be interesting to get your take on as well, is the private school thing. Because yeah. um, my family kind of had a similar ride to yours like after the recession. And yeah. it kind of wakes you up to the fact that like, holy crap, none of this stuff is kind of, it's it not necessarily real. It can all be part of a bubble and that bubble can burst. And then um, yeah. you kind of have to scrap for every bit of it. And the private school thing, a lot of the people who are probably at the top end wealth-wise in somewhere like Clongos, the 
guys that come out of there are much can be not always but can be much less driven mm. and the guys who either don't go to a private school in the first place or um, are on the bottom end of that are you know almost optimally for them and yeah. I, again being an optimist i see the kind of downfall after a session as being a blessing for me because it taught me it kind of made me realize wake the fuck up yeah, and realize hang on this is yeah exactly yeah and so a lot of people i i hear is like oh who's this who's this poshy think he is yeah come for his private school and i was like do you think I'd be making these fucking stupid <laughs> YouTube videos, jumping, running all around the world, like literally sleepless nights, like literally taking on more projects than I can handle? It's like, do you think I'd be doing all this for the fun, yeah. <laughs> for the crack? It's like, yeah, it is fun, but it's like, no, I'm doing this to make a living. I'm doing this because I have to. Yeah. So that's one thing I find very funny. I'm like... When people say that, oh, you got everything handed to you, or you, you got a posh accent and you went to a good school, so you, life must have been easy. And it's like, do you think I'm doing this all for the hell of it? Yeah. Like, you know, of course not, no? Yeah. So, so yeah, that, that's one thing, I, you know, when you just put it like that. Jesus, funny. Yeah. Um, the getting fired from jobs, does yeah. that wor- did, did that worry you at the time? Uh, well, they were only like part-time jobs. It was a bit, like, you get a little bit insulted yeah. <laughs> or a little bit like oh geez i can't even hold down a job in retail like what the hell but i was just like i'm just i'm not enthusiastic about this i would probably fire me too mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you, you understand where they're coming from Always and, and, and again it's like that it just goes to show you you really do need to just find that thing that you are in, enthusiastic about yeah i uh I've, I've been doing talks these days in, in companies and stuff and um one of the talks I've been giving, and I kind of just made it up because I re- I did a lot of reflection on last year with when I had the post-traumatic stress disorder. Yep. And my rock bottom was I couldn't walk up the stairs. Harry Fetley from my year, I lived with him. He had to carry me up the stairs. Oh and I looked God. like I do now, like a healthy, fit young person. My heart was actually fine. This was six months after. And I couldn't walk up because I was telling myself that if I did, I'd have a heart attack. And I had lots of panic attacks and nightmares and stuff as well. But that was all, like my heart was fine at that point. So it was all narrative in my head. And for you to have done what you've done and gone through what you've gone through, which absolutely wasn't easy and wasn't, the YouTube channel is kind of like, it's not flash, but it's all, it, you know, it's a cool visual th- product. Yeah. There's so much behind that that just sucks, like going through editing videos. So you've been through a lot trying to build this thing. Oh, yeah. What of the narratives or how has the narrative that you have told yourself changed about yourself or, you know, basically anything to do with, question, anything to do with narratives. So... Are, do you have limiting narratives that you have told yourself that you have had to expel? Or do you have narratives that you kind of force upon yourself to remind yourself to keep going or that you can get to where your goal is, etc.? Yeah, so so first of all, that thing about the heart and you going upstairs, that is absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah, like, it, it just goes to show, like, have you ever read up on, like, the placebo effect? Mm. So crazy. Narrative. It's, it's That's it. It's the power of the mind. Like, it's actually, like, it's staggering, really. It's just, like... It's like, what the hell? It's like, what's the the voodoo magic going on in your mind that can actually change what happens in the real world? Like, it's just so powerful um, that that literally was stopping you from getting up the stairs when everything was okay. Like, that's that's crazy how mental your mind is and you can impact the physical reality. It's incredible. It's crazy. But so, so basically... I like to strike it's like being humble and confident at the same time so it's like telling yourself that you've a long way to go and you know don't get content like keep working hard but telling yourself that you fucking got it in the bag Mm. do you know what I mean so it's like it's gonna take a lot of work but we can do this 
So that's it. And it's like, you know, it'll be very hard to make a really profitable business or businesses out of this, but we can do this, you know? What are the factors there? Is that like, say I've got it in the bag. Yeah. That sounds to me like a clarity of vision thing. Yeah. Because the vision, the end goal is real. Yeah. Is, is is that a factor? Is that one of the things? For sure. I'll always have like vis- visualization is one of the most powerful things you can do. You know, every top athlete does it. Every public mm. speaker does it. Anyone at the top of their game does it. And But one thing is when you mention end goal, it's like, you have this end goal and then you get there and then you've another end goal. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that end goal is always moving, which is great because that keeps you progressing. Yeah. You know, so, so I don't have an exactly like end vision in mind, but I've, I, I, I do, but I know it will change. Yeah. Some of my favorite content from you over the years has been the failed uh, bodybuilding competitions. Yeah. The ones where you went and you lost. And yeah. You, you might have done very well. You didn't have to put that up. Nobody had to know you did that. I know. Yeah. So, but you still put it up and you went and spread the message. I gave this a crack. I failed. It's not for me. I'm glad I gave it a crack. Yeah, absolutely. That's like, it's it's very important to show your failures and to, to show you learning from them. Like that's a win in mm. itself. Like to be like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm secure enough in myself that I can show my failures. Yeah. You know, and just be like, Pfft. It's grand. Just be mm. like, we fucking got this next year, man. You know, it's like, whatever. So it's like, it's not a big deal. So I think that's that's an important thing to do. And like, even in, in business ventures, if things don't work out, it's cool to be like, whatever. Like, yeah. we gave it a shot. No one else gave it a shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I, I think we should all talk about our failures and like, oh uh, man, that even the, the topic of failure, the theme of failure, it's like, it's so... It just people say the word failure and they think negatively about it, but like it's it's what teaches you to be better. Yeah. It's the only way you're gonna get better at anything if you just fail at it a couple of times. That's like I guess like in terms of the things that death reminds me of, I'd much rather try it and fail than go to the grave having not even tried it and thinking, Oh, I wish or I wonder, you know? Like know. don't it, die wondering. It, it, it's crazy. And like obviously it's scary to give something a crack that you, you know you might fail at, but you know, doing things that scare you is is a very important part of life. I've yeah. actually done, done a TEDx talk on that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I saw that. That was in yeah. one. Of, that was in Port, uh, Portobello, was uh, it? Griffith College. Griffith, yeah, 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 nearby, yeah. Yeah, that's always really cool. I remember seeing that. Yeah, I saw yeah. that from Australia actually. So it made oh, it down brilliant. there. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, basically, for anyone listening, to summarize the talk, it's about when you think about this, you'll be like, "Oh my god, he's all right." Any big turning point in your life has probably come from something that scares you. Mm. Like when you think about it, like you know, quitting your job to pursue your passion. Uh, even you know traveling the world uh, even like yourself getting this crazy life interrupting sudden death syndrome you know that's probably terrifying <laughs> so you know any any defining moment in your life is probably pretty scary and so we shouldn't run away from these things and that we should you know re- recognize them for what they are and mm. be like this is a turning point in my life that it's going to make things better what has scared you kind of recently or in the past couple of years along your journey. I mean, you know, you talk about the idea of doing a TED talk. You mightn't have done much public speaking before. That can yeah. be scary or putting out a new brand or, you know, whatever it might be, some content. W- what has scared you recently? Exactly. So recently, um, a lot of, for example, this this event, the Creator Agency. So I've got one on November 17th. And so I did two in Dublin and they're like sellout events. They went great. And I was like, okay, I need to do something a little bit up level up here. I'm like, I'm going to go to fucking London, biggest, you know, baddest city in Europe. And I'm going to put on this huge event. And I'm, it's not even, tickets haven't even gone live yet. And it's in 30 days. Really? And I'm, yeah, yeah, they're going live. Um, some website stuff is 
getting sorted today. We confirmed venue today. But I'm like, oh my God, I'm like, I've got to put on this huge event in 30 days. Like, that's like, that's a scary thing to do. And, um, but I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Like, it's yeah. going to be great. You Jeez, know? it's pretty yeah, amazing. And so, so that's just an example. Like, there's stuff every day, like, even having a conversation with someone that you know you have to have, but you don't want to have. That's Are you like, giving me a hint here? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> why am I here? Yeah. But like, but usually like even with like staff or someone, you, you may need to like pull them on something, you know, you don't want, no one wants conflict, but sometimes you, you got to, you yeah. got to do those have things. You, have you got stuff? You got that guy Bend in the videos, right? I've actually got now a, a huge number of people. So I have web developer in Dublin. I've my, all my app developers are in New Zealand. I have people that help me with marketing. Um, again, I've a few videographers that I have on hand. So like Ben's actually working for like Red Bull at the moment. He's right. doing his own thing. So, you know, you hang out with me and you blow up, you know, I get the minus touch. <laughs> He's gone too big for me. But um, so then I've like videographers. Again, I've people, managers help me with my emails. I've managers help me with organize and negotiate brand deals that I have with companies, sponsorship managers. So yeah, there's like quite, quite a wide team yeah. there. It's like Jay-Z. I'm not a businessman. I'm a business, man. Yeah, I'm a business, man. Yeah, yeah so I got the entourage with me, yeah. That's and then nuts. Tom, TK, you know, helps me with my accounts. TK's da- Jimmy Iovine. He is, he yeah. is, and I'm Eminem. Yeah. And, and Dave Marsh, again, like, so it's great even having uh, someone like that who's just, you know, has been in business for so many years and yeah. can just give you that wisdom. Uh, John uh, Kennerons is the original owner of Raw Gyms, so me and him chat for, like, hours, like, yeah. So we're always coming up with projects. So I've, I've thankfully I've a great Dude, that's team incredible. around me. Yeah, yeah. So there, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I honestly do shit. It's going on. I work so hard. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> going on holidays now. <laughs> honestly, but it's actually funny. So in 2015 <laughs> and 2016, I remember they were the hardest years I've ever worked. I tried to do it all myself, and like I had to because that's laying the foundation. Yeah, like this starts the hardest. And that was when I was doing all my editing myself. Now I've, I've like these two lads in LA oh, like God. edit edit videos for me. If editing I need is the them. worst. Oh, it's it's like it's crazy how much time you can spend on that. But I still do edit a few videos myself because I enjoy it. Right. But if I'm like traveling and I'm under time constraints, I'll send it off to these guys. But 2015, 2016 was the hardest I ever worked, and I, and I remember now 2017, now 2018. I'm still working hard, but I'm working a lot smarter. Right. I'm better at outsourcing. I'm better at delegating. But those two years, 2015 to 2016, when I'm putting in the grudge work, putting mm. in the groundwork and doing everything myself, they're very important. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, can we talk about the brand a bit? So, like, you yeah. are the brand, you know? Yeah. Um, but the brand has uh, deepened mm. a lot. So, at first, as you say, you were putting out the scientific stuff. Then you kind of ran out of that. I mean, look, I've told you how to exercise and I've told you how to eat. So, you had to bring your personality into it and that got a little bit deeper then. Yeah. And then you kind of, I don't know, well, you brought it maybe into your personal life more and, and then mm-hmm. that got even deeper. And now, like, where does it go from here in terms of depth of brands? You're getting into, you're, you're in retail, well and truly in retail. Yeah. You're in gyms now and stuff as well. Yeah. You kind of share your day to day life a lot more. Exactly. Yeah. Um, where, like, you, where is that journey toward brand depth or toward brand development going? I think I, I've gone, uh, gotten as deep as I can get when I start putting my breakups online. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it, it's mad that like people get so invested into your life and they ask these questions yeah. and they want answers. And it's like, you're the, they're your viewers, they're your audience. And so you should treat them with respect 
because they're the people that enable you to, you know, do what you do. Mm. Um, like, you know, again, it's like a TV channel. You need viewers. And um, so, yeah, you do end up, you know, getting personal with them and getting close. And again, when I meet like some followers at an event or I even hate that word followers, like it's like I, I like to say subscribers or just people who watch my videos. You try. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, yeah. the NF army, man. <laughs> but so when I meet those people at my events, like they're always so nice. And like I really get a buzz from talking to all those people that mm. come to the events and who watch my videos. And so, yeah, it's great. But there must be reluctance to do that, to put up, say, breakup and all that sort of stuff yeah. online like that's hard yeah that's kind of goes back to doing the things that scare you it's like yeah. you don't want to do it and then but you're like people people want answers like you know yeah do you ever feel uh like you're harry truman or not harry truman what's his name in the truman show oh um yeah yeah norm or something do you ever feel like the truman show i, I honestly feel like not only that i feel like black mirror like literally yeah. it's like Black Mirror like the other day I was getting because I don't think I'm this big I've never called myself celebrity like that's just weird and like I don't think that I'm anything special like I, I have actually got um, on my, recently my wallpaper on my phone was a picture of a yacht because that was to remind me that there's money and then there's yacht money yeah, and yeah. that I ain't shit you know <laughs> there's like these people who own like whatever Google and Apple yeah, yeah. And, you know, me I'm not I'm nothing like in the grand scheme of things and then I was getting like a burger in Bunsen last week. I turned around and there was someone just recording me with a phone, really? like so blatantly. And like, I looked at them and I was like, hey, what's up? And they like dropped their phone and tried to hide it. And I was like, well, you know, just like say what's up to me. I'm like the most normal basic bitch you'll ever meet. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and I was just like, and that's happened, like stuff like that's happened a few times. So sometimes I do feel a bit Truman Show, Black Mirror. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's not because I'm like some like superstar. I think it's just because Dublin's so small. Yeah. But <laughs> Even though it does happen in, in LA and shit. So you, you say you're nothing, right? But then uh, I, I went to that event. And to be honest with you, because I'm not that into fitness anymore, a lot of the content wasn't kind of targeted at me. Yeah. And I know that uh, that event in particular was Ordias. 600 people, 600 yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, Paid exactly. 50 euro. Yep. And they're kids. Like, they're, 50 euro is a lot of money to mm, them. Yeah. And I was thinking, this is so valuable to them. But they've probably heard some of the nutrition stuff before. Yeah. It's you. It's the fact that they're in the room with you and the other guys. And it's the difference that makes to them. Seeing you in the flesh, doing your thing is so inspirational to them. Yeah. So even though monetarily you might be a small fish compared, you know, on a global scale, mm. you're making a huge difference to people's lives here. I would like to think so anyways. And if you, you do want to go deep on things, I don't usually like saying this too publicly, but I regularly get messages. I'd like, I don't want to be tooting my own horn here, but like, I think there's the power of spreading positivity. Sure. Get people being like, I was depressed and I was like, gonna gonna do bad things and they're like watching your videos or even your stories would just give me that little bit of positivity in my yeah. day and they're like it's really changed my life and uh, they're not once off messages i get them weekly yeah very often like so i'd like to think that i'm, I'm putting some sort of positive vibes out in the world i believe it i'm like you you are like it's just it's your nature likewise. You're, you're a positive guy yeah 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 likewise again it's very refreshing to even just sit here i can feel the good energy coming off <laughs> yeah here. no yeah, it's yeah. cool again like why you're alive you might as well make the, make the place a better place That's than full. piss on people's parade like you know oh, I know there's a responsibility that comes with that so I like you know I, I do try to be positive and nice to everyone on a kind of day to day but I don't have anything like the following you have whereas yeah. to like what you do is kind of echoed at scale you know uh, the responsibility that comes with that operating within a very delicate sphere that mm. is body 
Yeah. What's that like? Because you have, um, well, geez, I mean, we're going to go really heavy. You have a lot of eating disorders out there. You have a lot of people who have very complex relationships with their body and their image. Yep. You're Mr. Fitness in Ireland. You are. Yeah. That's a lot of, you know, you got a lot of responsibility there or uh, something, you know, your words have a lot of bearing in that area for those people. Yeah. What's so that like? I've made, I've made videos on, on like, you know, eating disorders and like, you know, uh, me- ballsy, mental health. Man. That's I know tough. I'm very careful with my words and I try not to speak in absolutes. So like, you know, sure. maybe this is your case, perhaps, you know, it, it's, you shouldn't really be telling this is the way, this is the only way. So like, you know, getting in the habit of not speaking in absolutes is a, is a good habit to get into when you're in the public eye. Um, but yeah, you do have to be very careful with your words and be quite calculated with things like that and be very understanding that, you know, people will have different opinions. And I think being open-minded is extremely helpful. Like I think Joe Rogan is one of the most he, you know, he's got a huge responsibility, essentially. Yeah. He's got so many people watching his thing and he's very open-minded and I think that that helps him sure. a lot. So yeah, just be, you know, oh, be open-minded, don't speak in absolutes and, you know, be be careful and be mindful that, you know, a lot of people are listening to the information you put out. Yeah, I think what you do is like overwhelmingly positive. Mm. I think you hit this edge though because you're in phenomenal shape and people kind of think, oh, is there a quick fix to get there? But they don't know that you started with Gavel Connor twelve years ago, and you just didn't drop off. That's yeah. all you did. Yeah, you yeah, go with it. You do the same it. sit-ups. You do the same bench press. You do the same everything. Sorry, you don't do the same bench press. Yeah. I did. Yeah. You do- <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I but wish. You do the same. You, oh, you do the same exercises. <laughs> <laughs> Mocking me. <laughs> but you do the same exercise everyone else does. You just didn't drop off along the way. Yeah, and. People can do, you know, some, I was actually talking to Gordon Tracy from your year. I had lunch yep. with him today. Awesome. And he was talking about the kind of the, the other end of the eating order spectrum where, or eating disorder spectrum where guys want to be jacked and they eat too much and it's just downright bad for their body, even yeah. if they're in great shape. And where do you come in on this kind of external health versus internal health thing? Yeah, I, I think they're both equally as important. And again, mental health is just, and physical health, they're just... They just need to be both tended to, mm. you know. Um, so I, I like to, you know, give my kind of opinions on that, and um, uh, and I always preach the kind of underlying in terms of like your physique and aesthetics. You need to have your health in check first. Yeah, that's sure. Like, that's like the foundation of it. Like if you're not healthy, you look good on the outside. Like it's it's essentially pretty useless. Yeah, sure, you know? exactly. Yeah, it's like a flashy car with no engine. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah exactly. Yeah, I'm always preaching. You know, Eat your vegetables, keep your stress down low, you know, sick mainly to whole foods, plenty of sleep, plenty of water, and, you know, um, obviously practice some mindfulness as well. Yeah, so it's not about eating, like, three chickens for lunch and getting no. excess protein in. No. It's about being balanced. Yeah, so what I actually preach is flexible dieting. Right. And that is being flexible with your diet and enjoying things in moderation. So I think everyone should have something they enjoy, you know, like every day. Yeah. So like, it doesn't have to be a large pizza, but it can be maybe a slice of pizza when you're going for a walk with your friend. Mm. You know, it doesn't have to be you sitting in on your own eating like six dishes of Chinese food. Yeah. So, you know, and that's an interesting one as well. You can't just say pizza is bad without context. It's like, did you get one slice of pizza with your friend as you walked around town? Or did you sit in and binge on pizza on Mm. your own in your apartment? So it's like, without context, you can't just say 
X food is bad. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. that whole uh, cheat meal theory as well, where, you know, you give yourself a break and then you're able to be more sustainable exactly. in your approach. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. I think with the health thing, and I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't be very vain, and I'm certainly no, like, uh, image or model person or anything. Bro, you look but, like an action figure. You look like a Ken doll. But my thing is, uh, I, I check my skin. So if my skin looks good, that your skin is your largest organ in the body. Yeah. And so if the largest organ in the body looks like it's doing pretty well and not suffering, then I assume I'm in pretty good health. Yeah. And I've been traveling for the last week and I've been eating kind of takeaways and that sort of stuff. And I can see that it's worse yeah. because of the, the diet. And so, oh, my largest organ isn't healthy. I need to go and eat more veg, that sort of thing. So that's another measure for people as opposed funny, to just being funny jacked. you mentioned that is when I don't sleep enough, when I have a bad sleep and with bad sleep usually comes stress. Mm. So when I'm stressed and I have a bad sleep, and I don't, I don't stay hydrated enough. I get, I get breakouts on my skin. And yeah. like I never, I usually have quite clear skin, so it's, it's very noticeable when I do get a, you know, a couple of huge spots yeah. on my forehead or whatever. So it's funny that I never even thought about that. That your skin is your largest, the largest organ, and organ. Can really reflected, and 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 it's so true. It's like I get spots when I'm stressed, and yeah. low on sleep. So yeah, yeah. So Mad. that's uh, that's another little. There you go. Well, fitness I'm tips from yeah, Maxwell yeah, here. You're, you're just getting me here. Yeah. Old man Maxwell. Well, yeah. Old man. When's the fitness channel coming, man? <laughs> One um one thing I'm super serious about and intense about and a big reason for coming home was I really want to help solve the childhood obesity ep- epidemic, right? Because I see kids walking around and they're overweight and they're like 10, 12, whatever. Yeah. Uh totally overweight and the the journey I see them going on is this. They probably get bullied in school now. Then they're going to become teenagers. The bullying is going to get worse. Say if it's a guy, he's going to fancy a girl. He mightn't have the confidence to go up there because she or her friends laugh at him for being overweight. Um, he kind of might be distracted. He's not at peak performance because he's you know overweight. So he mightn't do as well as he, as he could in his exams. Then he gets a worse college course. Maybe he gets a hard time there. No confidence with girls. That exacerbates over time, you know? Yeah. Then gets a worse job because he doesn't have the... Uh, the ability to get the grades because of his confidence, etc. It doesn't interview well. Lower income, lower income over his life, but then higher health expenses. So being obese at childhood can literally ruin someone's life and they have no control over it because they eat what their parents give them. And if my mom gives me a burger and chips every day for lunch, I'm going to trust that she has my best interests at heart and then I'm going to eat it and then off I go unwillingly onto this path. So it breaks my heart to see it and I just think it's really... I'm jealous of you because you have this... Uh, you have this ability to, you know, put people in the right direction with this stuff. Yeah. And get them, you, you've made health cool. Yeah. And that's a really powerful thing. Yeah. <laughs> On that, that note of the childhood obesity thing and the obesity thing, I think it's like, like what you said, it's got a knock on effect on everything. Mm. And there's this, there's this like fat acceptance movement going on. And I think it's all well and good. Like you'll never, by shaming people and putting them down, they'll never, that's not how you make people progress. But there's a thing that it's like, we're forgetting that being obese is not just about looks. It's about your actual health. Yeah. You know, and like health is just a huge one. You know, it, it, it will change your life being in good health or bad yeah. health. So I think I, I, that's something I really want to tackle as well. And I think it's, an important thing too and uh, I, I'm really hoping I truly do believe I've I've made a younger generation probably make some healthier choices yeah I think start exercising more I think definitely and you've made it a cool thing and now yeah. like people would bloody be afraid to wear a polo shirt if they weren't in good shape yeah. so they go to the gym and, and that's a cultural thing now it's, yeah it's, yeah it, it's crazy but yeah childhood obesity and obesity in general is something that we, we need to tackle because it's just so much more than 
just being fat, you know, fat in, in quotation marks. It's like, no, you're actually like, you know, having a knock on effect of a lot mm. of areas in your life, you know, yeah. And, you, and you need to like take some ownership and like make some changes to your lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. And I just feel, you know, adults do it and they kind of know the, the effects, et cetera. Kids don't. And they're just, yeah. it, they're forced down that path unwillingly and unknowingly. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's like sad. not fair, you know, you yeah, like it is. need to offer them some it guidance. Re- I, re- I, have a re- I was never obese. None of my friends really were, but I have an emotional reaction when I see it because it really kills me. Like, me too. Yeah. Yeah. It's just something just unpleasant about it. And that you, you kind of want to just show them the way a little bit. Yeah. It's awful. Yeah. Um, that's a power that you have and that's a kind of, you know, you've kind of, you've gotten to this point where you are this uh, public figure and your people's perception of you is is a public thing now. Yeah. How has your self-perception changed over time or has it changed? Or just, you know, like they say life is lived around you, but also in your head. How have those two interacted as you've now become this famous person where, you know, I hear that people would stop you on the street or this guy was filming you buying food. Like, that's nuts. Yeah, literally, like, as I walked into the building there, two college lads stopped me for a photo there. So it's just crazy. But, like, I still, I just don't think about myself like that. And I still feel the same as I did when I had no followers. Like, it's just numbers on a screen. Mm. You know, so I, I don't feel like, I don't feel, I still feel like the same person. But then when stuff like that does happen, you know, just some walking in there and say, hey, Robbie, I love what you do. Um, can we get a picture and all this? And I was like, I'm like, what? I just don't even know. Like, it still surprises me. Yeah. It still surprised me. Because it's not like I've been doing this for that long. Like, I've only been doing this full time three years. Yeah. So it's still quite like, it's still quite crazy to me, you know, and I still, I still like, I'm yet to wrap my head around it. Uh, but I'm like, really, I do think highly of myself and I'm really happy with how things have gone. Yeah, it's and, you amazing. Know, and I say that, I think highly of myself. Some people, especially some Irish people will be like, this fella thinks he's great. And it's like, do you not want to think highly of yourself? It's like, sorry, let me hate myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, what the what hell? Do, what do you want here? Like, yeah, you it's know. like, what do you want? Like, so yeah, but um, no, I, I have a good self-perception and I'm, I'm happy. happy yeah, I and I, I can see how it would be hard for you to leave the ground because... A, you've got your friends around you, the, the, the day ones, as you call them. Oh, they'll absolutely rinse you if you don't. Take the piss me. Like, <laughs> yeah. daily, uh, just, in the, even in the lads' WhatsApp group. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. I still get rinsed daily. And then <laughs> I met your dad at that event as well. I was chatting to him. And he's like, a, he's a pure Kerry guy. He's Sligo, Sligo. Weird, like this accent you have. Was like, so he moved, he was a soldier. He's from Sligo. He yeah. moved over. And then you obviously grew up in Dublin. Right? I did, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> it's right. So I did funny. Like Dublin Clongo's accent. That's where it comes so from. So when people kind of wonder where Rob Lipstick comes from, like it's not this kind of big pretentious thing. It's really like, you know, his dad's a, a guy from Sligo and just happened to move over to Dublin. And yeah, mum's from Mayo, yeah. So yeah. Like, Matt, yeah. do you go out there much? Um, there is a pub in Kulani and Sligo called Lipsits. No that, way. And that is ours. No um, way. But yeah, so I usually, I'll go out there for like family events and stuff and um i was down at a hotel in sligo about a year ago just like on a spa break and it was lovely like i need to go down the west of ireland a little bit more often like it's actually we take for granted how amazing ireland is yeah like, it's absolutely oh it's incredible i've since coming back from australia i find it, i love the place i really yeah. do i, I there's no word of a lie 
A company, a hotel, offered me a free weekend in Santorini th- this weekend. And I said, no. You're kidding. Because I'm like, I want to stay in Dublin. No way. Yeah, yeah, I'm, be- I'm loving being at home. That's nuts. Like, I've been home for three weeks now. I think Vegas was the last place I was. Yeah, it was Vegas. Did you go to the fight? Um, oh, uh, no, no, you didn't. No, no, no. No, no, no. Um, what, I stayed at home for the fight in Dublin. It was at, for a fitness expo called the Olympia. Ah, right, and, right. Um, yeah, I went to Vegas and it was... After that, I was like, get me yeah. home. I was like, I'm done with traveling. So I've really been loving being back in Dublin. I want to call you out on something. I haven't uh, I haven't heard this, but I'm sure, because I do it, and I just like to think that no one else does it. You don't swim in the sea when you have those sea pictures in Ireland. I, of course I bloody do. Do you? Oh my God, oh my God. Okay, this is actually, this is one thing I, I spoke about briefly. Do okay. other people call you out on it? Yeah, loads of people do, and I'm like, my hair is soaking wet. I like, think you splash your uh, hair. Not a fucking <laughs> hope. No, so do you know what I actually do? The same as what Tony Robbins do, does, take cold showers. Oh, I do that as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, I just take cold showers That's in the morning. That's massive. It wakes you up and it makes you comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yeah. Nothing more uncomfortable than standing under a cold shower and knowing ice cold water's about to come out and hit you in the morning when you're half asleep and you just flick that switch. Yeah. You're like, ah! So so I'm really good with the cold Fair and cold enough, water. you're in the show, cold so, shower club. I'm all about the cold all showers. All about the cold shower well. club. We're going for a swim tomorrow in that case. So <laughs> better for that. Uh, October for this, swims. There you go. Better, yeah. geez, it wouldn't be bad yeah. in this October. But no, I actually love cold water. Better yeah. for the skin and hair as well, apparently. It is apparently yeah, yeah yeah for sure there you go yeah, okay i take up. it back there I'll you take go it back. yeah yeah back in your box now <laughs> yeah. son <laughs> um no ireland is um i love kind of living here and getting to travel around go around on weekends and that sort of stuff yeah for your job you might you know ireland is only so big yep. will you eventually have to go to america to keep growing i be this is something i've been thinking about a lot and this for an example why my next event is in london mm. um london is a brilliant option like london is huge i spent the past week there it's it's actually incredible i try not to like it i do my best to not like it but it's actually unreal i prefer dublin but london is just like it's a hub like you know it's one of the biggest cities in the world in terms of what's going on there um so yeah i'm gonna have to start doing more things in obviously london or nearby countries that you know have a lot going on and then i will ultimately definitely have to spend more time in america yeah already spent quite a bit of time in america with sponsors being based in you know texas in LA and stuff but um, yeah there's just a lot going on there especially for networking and collaborations like LA is essentially the home of like fitness yeah. Arnie the American dream yeah. you know so yeah I, I, I always end up spending a lot of time in LA I spent in June and a bit of July I spent like six weeks there right you know, okay last, last summer so yeah um, I, I always end up there I remember years ago we had a quick message when you went to Melbourne you loved Melbourne right I loved it why loved it. Uh, probably the to be completely honest, the sun, the food, and the women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's enough. it. Yeah, that's it. Like, man, it's just a great place. Like, it's like just it's like a surfer's paradise. Yeah, like, man, you just... should have come to Sydney. Sydney's even better. I tell you, in all of the oh no, no food is better in in uh, Melbourne. Yeah, the burgers and sushi. Yeah, unreal but Melbourne. the the girls in Sydney are amazing. The uh, beach culture, the beach <laughs> itself, like it's, it's incredible. I'm actually this will be I think this will be my next travels will be January. I'm going to go to Sydney for a month. They'll love you down there. It's yeah, a big yeah. part of the culture there. I, I know a lot of people there. I know a lot of connections there. Your whole thing, your whole game, possibly started by a Sydney cider. 
Zeez. Yeah, Zeez. Do you Zees. remember him? Oh, man, he was one of my original inspirations. That's, I literally forgot about him totally. Yeah, oh, yeah, he literally started it all. Where were we? We were in school then. We would have been in school. I think we were in like fifth or sixth year, maybe first year college right, when okay, he like yeah. died, when he was getting big and then he was just at his peak and then he had like a heart attack. He had a heart attack in a sauna, in a sauna which sauna. scares the crap out of me, obviously. Yeah. So I always that always haunts me. I think he just got really high blood pressure. He might have been juicing a bit or something. I Yo, don't know. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, he was open about his steroid right, okay. use. Yeah, but he like, like he was just an online phenomenon, and the fact that we're still talking about him today is is crazy. Yeah, like, and that he was kind a of he, legacy. Yeah, he really like he paved the way for a lot of you guys. Really did. He was like one of the first people that like would bloody take their top off on social media and post yeah. about their training and nutrition and pretty much turn social media like but at the very beginning there was like fitness blogs like simply shredded.com couldn't jacked.com um you know the, all those and people would go to blogs and websites for information and yeah. he was one of the first people to, to, to kind of turn facebook and youtube into the blog smart you know? because yeah, oh, yeah, the, the, sure. ad, the output is visual yeah, you yeah. Know? So, this, like, I can show you all these words, but here's the body yep. that proves it. And that's what people kind of, you know, exactly. that's what they have the, the reaction to. That's why video is so powerful. It's mm. just like, with a picture, so, okay, let's say I'm putting on a camera setting. It's 60 frames per second would be pretty standard, okay? So, with a picture, it's just, it's a picture. Yeah. With a video, that's 60 pictures per second with audio. So it shows people what you're actually like. Yeah. So it, it's just 60 times more effective than a picture Jeez, you could yeah. say. Very you interesting. Know, per second. So, so I think video is just so powerful. And now with podcasts, there's it's actually Jordan Peterson, who I'm sure you yeah, know yeah, cool who he guy. is. He is, he's talking about how it's a, we're currently going through a revolution because it's the first time in history that we can listen or watch or even just listen, you know, without watching, like have YouTube playing in the background to listen to talks, seminars, events, podcasts like this and gather information as we go about our day in traffic, doing the housework, even at work. You can take in all this information. You can learn about different, different opinions, different talks, different cultures while going about your day it's yeah. the most easily it's the age that information has become the most easily accessible and that's insane yeah it's a game changer it's nuts yeah another thing that's changed a lot because i i, I my theory about you is or was that you a really good long-term thing for you would be to be the host of a, of the morning show or something oh, right yeah. like to be a tv show host yeah and you'd be really good but the problem is you have a tv channel and it's bigger than some of the tv channels exactly like it literally like i, I i'll ask like i'll get asked to go on a show or like even a radio show or a tv show and i'll be like uh what's your reach i'm yeah. like what's your views and they tell me and i'm like oh i get i get more views per month I, was like, I get more views in video like i'm just like you you know you guys would benefit of me going yeah. on this now so it's like it, it's becoming the stage where it's like even what's what's the most popular place to watch movies netflix mm. that's on demand that's not on tv and it's like here's another one as well okay this is how effective uh, social media marketing is compared to traditional marketing okay say you're watching the game you're watching a bit you're watching love island okay um when the ads come on where do you look your phone. Yeah. You know, you don't look at the ads on TV. Yeah, very true. You, go, you all eyes are on your phone. 
Yeah. So that's it. So it's like, it's just times it's are changing. It's kind of going, you know? isn't it's it? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. mad. Yeah, and, and it's like, <laughs> when you're even looking at TV and you've pre-recorded or something, what do you do when the ads come on? You skip them. Yeah. You, skip, you fast forward with the ads. So then it's like with, with social media, people not only like, they don't skip your content, they literally actively go to watch your videos. Mm. So it's like, they want to take this in. Yeah. And so it's just so effective for brands. Yeah. Is that like, so what does the future look like for you? Like what, what direction is all this sort of thing going? Because it's moving very fast. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's so important to stay up to date with it and don't get romantic with it. Like, so for example, Facebook, it's organic reach tanked. And I started out on Facebook. Did I did I have a cry when Facebook tanked? Did I curl up into the ball and just give up? No, I was like, sick, YouTube's hot right now. Instagram's hot right now. Let's go on to that. Yeah. My Facebook page has never got past 40,000 likes. Really, yeah. My Instagram's on 460. Yeah. YouTube's over 400. You know, so it's like, did I think when my Facebook didn't get past 30,000, I just quit? No, you just got to keep up with the trends and keep up with what's hot. So people are like, what happens if YouTube and Instagram shuts down tomorrow? I'd be like, move on to the next thing. Mm. Be sick at something else I'm passionate about. <laughs> that's <laughs> the, the thing so is. That's it, always evolving. My yeah. job didn't exist five years ago. The audience, that's amazing, isn't yeah. it? The audience doesn't disappear, it just moves. Yeah, it just and moves. So just yeah. go people with it. People are still there. People yeah. still want, people are still going to demand content in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Podcasts are the next best thing. Cool. Mm. You know, so be it. Bring it. So you're kind of like bringing back into the, the whole like grad life area and you know most of the people listening to this sorry the exception the everyone 99% of people listen to your followers let's be honest <laughs> uh, but there's a few of them will be graduates and college yep. students trying to figure out what to do and, and that sort of thing yep. you have had a graduate life it's just been a weird one yes yeah, been a different one <laughs> what so the some people might be in an accounting firm or a, a bank and have really good uh, aspects of their job and really crap aspects of your job yep. what have been the crap aspects of yours because i think and here's my theory correct me if i'm wrong yep. no matter what sphere or bubble or, or circle you walk in or elevate into you still are subject to the human condition you still are a functioning human that has to just get by everyday life has ups and downs emotionally etc like you still have a, a normal human life oh, even yeah. though it is it's it's very embellished what have been the kind of downs of your graduate life? For sure. So there, there's pros and cons to everything. And and being so, so many, having so many eyes on you, uh, having so much tasks that you've taken on yourself. So a lot of responsibility and trying to do too much. There's enormous amounts of pressure sometimes. And that can be very anxiety inducing. Mm. So I've really had to learn how to manage anxiety. Um, which I'm, I, I think I'm quite good at. Like you know, I'm good at just taking a step back and chilling. What, um, what do you What do you do for? It? Do you meditate or anything? I do meditate every morning, and then I, I like I actually meditated in the car just before I came in here, just for five minutes. I was literally because I've I have to edit fo- I had to edit a photo and I do photo shoot about an hour ago. By the way, right? Okay. Photo shoot an hour ago. I had to get the photos onto my laptop in my car and to edit them and send them off to the CEO of the clothing company and get them approved. And I'm gonna have to post them now and like. This Right. Second, you're right. The caption. So I was in my car outside. You can actually go on my Insta story. You'll see I posted a picture of it. Like I'm Gosh. in my car on my laptop, like completely on the run. And then I'm like, I was like worrying about being late for this yeah. and and everything. And I was like, I was trying to do, I was trying to do ten things at once. And I was like, just 
Spreed take a step back and just be like, yo, this is good that you got stuff to do. Yeah. I'm like, this is great. I'm like, look at this. It's brilliant. Like, yeah, I do that as well. My yeah. head, my head spins around. And my thing is every night before I go to bed, I just go into my room, light a candle and listen to like really cool, like calm just get music. get rid of the smell of farce, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, I have a candle beside my toilet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I go in, I light a candle, I open a window. <laughs> you wave the sheets a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that, <laughs> I stop the smoke alarm. <laughs> and then I, I pass out. Yeah, you know, then I pass out of the pool of my own yeah. sick. Down a bottle of whiskey. But, okay, so go on. What, what, do you, what do you do to wind so down? So no, it's just candles and music. And yeah. like, I literally get to the point where I'm totally sedate. And then I yep. just fall asleep. And that's my version of meditation. Um, yep. And I think, basically... A lot of people think, oh my God, I need to meditate. All the high performers meditate. You need to find whatever your version of, like, medi- they don't do it to meditate. They do it to get an output. That output can be achieved via, like, an infinite number of uh, pathways. If your pathway is sitting down saying, um, or another form of meditation, perfect. If that's not working for you, don't just keep trying to do it if it's mm. not working. Go and try something that just comes naturally to you and gets you to the same place. Yeah, like, I actually, that's interesting that I used to be, like, well, I still kind of am this, okay? Like anti-Netflix, anti... I was like, if you got a hundred things to do mm. and you're watching, binging on Game of Thrones, that's yeah. stupid, okay? But now I'm like, okay, you know, obviously don't be complaining about not having enough time to like go to the gym or get your work done if you're like, you know, watching seasons of Games of Thrones and Family Guy or whatever. Um, but now I do think it's important that if you are on top of your shit, you know, you've got everything done, um, that it's good to have a little bit of shut off time, you know, yeah. and like do something a bit mindless, go to a movie, order a pizza, and, you know, sit yeah. in. So like, so I, I used to be a bit too Gary V and a bit like to go, go, go. And now I've actually realized the importance of taking it easy sometimes and mm. recharging the batteries. Yeah. I always wonder with you, um, like the personal life side of things, obviously putting in the public's one thing, but people come in like, you know, girls probably come after you for some of the wrong reasons, to yeah. be honest, sometimes as well. That's something you, I'm sure you're cognizant of and that you, your team, like your parents or whatever, you, you know, the day ones, yep. they'll tell you, hang on, she's not in for the right reasons at all. Yep. Is that a threat for you or is that a, is that a real thing? I oh, it's very real. Like, yeah. there, there, there'll be girls that like, you know, maybe they want you because your money, I'm very financially well off for somebody who's 26. Yeah. You know, there's not that many other people that, you know, have this much freedom and maybe, you know, this much resources. So there's that. And then there's also maybe ones that just, they want, they want a favor. Like they just want to maybe get a bit of, get a couple of followers, you know, to, so they can get their business off the ground. So they might have a hidden agenda. So that's, that is a very real thing, but you can spot that pretty easily. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 yeah, I've I've gone pretty good at spotting that pretty easily. So yeah, I've always got my wits about me in that sense. Yeah. And you do, you definitely have a good team around you there as well. I do. Yeah. Keep the day ones with you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, okay, just wrapping up then. A couple of uh, quick fires for you. Is right. there? You mentioned Arnie there. He's a guy I really like. Obviously, he made a mistake with the cheating thing. But to if there's actually, really, there's, oh my god. A, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Don't a, condone that. That's there's a really good thing that Bill Burr does. Who he is kind of anti-women, but he. Uh, he talks about how can people call this guy an idiot when, you know, he's basically can't speak English, moves to America, becomes famous for lifting the heavy, heavy thing, then moves into an actor, literally can't speak. He needs to have his voice. He needs to get dubbed in English movies when he's speaking yeah. English. 
and he can't pronounce his second name. He can't pronounce the state, but he becomes the governor of the state. He becomes like a billionaire. He oh, he owns a jet. Yeah, like an actual seven four seven. Yeah, of course he does. Like a plane. Oh my god! Wait, an he, actual he, yeah, yeah. So oh, wow, his his finance that. guy came to him and was like, uh, "Hey, Arnie, I've got some of the usual stuff for you. You know, we got property, we got uh, I don't know stocks, whatever." And Arnie was like, "No, no, give me something interesting." <laughs> He comes off and he goes, well, you can put all the money into buying a 747 and lease it to United Airlines over 10 years. He's like, yes, I love it. Let's do it. (laughs) He is just, that's the American dream. Yeah, yeah, That is just like everything was against him. Everything. And he just went for it. He's so like, uh, so he's a guy I really admire. He's someone, you know, he's in your sphere, I'm guessing. For sure. Oh, I I watch a lot of Arnold Schwarzenegger clips and like his talks. His book uh, is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I've skimmed through. Total Recall. And like even, so my, when I go onto YouTube on my homepage, it recommends me all these brilliant talks. Like, you know, because I watch so many and I search all these names. probably yours. That'd be weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I do sometimes appear up up and I'm like, oh, sick. I am. Listening to myself. I love the sound of my own voice. So that, but yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger is someone I listen to a lot. Yeah, who else you listen to? Um, at the moment, it's been a lot of Jordan Peterson, a yeah. lot of Joe Rogan, um, and then who else as well? Tony Robbins can be good. Tony Robbins is a great one. Gary Vaynerchuk puts things into perspective. Lewis Howes, you ever come across? Lewis Howes, I miss School of Greatness. Yeah. So it's actually funny once you get into this. Oh, oh, Alan de Botton. He's uh, Alan de Botton. He's Alan, a psychologist. He's a psychologist. Uh, um, that's actually who I'm listening to the most at the moment. Really? Yeah, yeah. He uh, has an amazing YouTube channel called The School of Life. School of Life. I was oh, going to say, it's bloody amazing. So they do talks in cities. You should apply to be a speaker at that. I would. I did not know they do. Yeah, yeah. They speakers. came to Sydney, and someone said you should be a speaker at this, and I applied, and I didn't get it. But you yeah. get it. Oh man, I'll see. I would love to do that. Alan, well, he's he's who I've currently got on yeah. my thing. So I'll rotate between those guys and do you ever see the intellectual dark web no <laughs> just google intellectual dark web it's like joe rogan peterson right, Stephen okay, Crowder. Yeah. um it's just all that crew yeah and they're just like you know they're just like the, the current intellectuals going viral at the moment yeah do, coming out the with all this leaders. content the taught leaders yeah. yeah so the intellectual dark web yeah it's just, just what they're called That's for cool. the laugh but google that and you'll get a lot of the speakers that i listen to and has there so out of your life like you know online or whatever in out in the in the ether who has inspired you from a distance? Um, again, some to my closest friends, Christian Guzman and Max Tuning. Yeah, right. Um, who I'm, I'm lucky enough to literally be able to text them if I have any question yeah. or anything. That's amazing. Uh, so they are like not only two of my closest friends that I literally get so fucked up with, but they're like two two mentors of mine yeah. in, in a sense. That's so, cool. Yeah, best friends, mentors, and uh, buddy drinking buddies too. Well, the next question was going to be someone in your life, but in your, that's a unique situation. They are very much both. in my life, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Any book that has kind of changed you or inspired you or anything? Yeah, uh, what is the one? Um, if you the, say your book now. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Rob Lipsitz game plan releasing in january <laughs> i've actually i've actually got one coming soon as well death, yeah. death my guidance counselor there oh, you go your name is so much better than mine <laughs> the rob lives a game plan yeah, but um, trust me mine does I, not I pictures love, yeah, yeah, yeah mine is just a coloring book <laughs> but uh so i've got uh, the subtle not giving a fuck the power of now and the power of habit um, oh, yeah. are just just amazing the power ones. of habit charles duhigg that's amazing with yeah. the three-step thing yeah the uh what is it the the cue the habit and the reward or yeah. something and if you can change the cue so if your thing is i'm addicted to bars of chocolate because every time i sit down at nighttime to watch a movie i have a bar the cue is the movie so yeah. change that and then the habit will disappear exactly yeah. and it's like social conditioning or just again that doing something every day 
is just like the habit is so strong like yeah. cold showers or or editing and uploading going to work uh, going to the gym that's yeah that's probably the most perfect example yeah you know brush your teeth you know so it's just like the power of habit is something that i always remind myself of and i want it if i want to make a change then i i try make it become a habit yeah there's another thing i talk about and, and it's kind of people's investments mm. so if tesco say and i always give this example if tesco say they're paying a dividend next week and i don't get my check i can't be annoyed because i didn't buy any tesco stock it doesn't make any sense yeah. yet for some and everyone follows that logic for some reason in life we don't follow that logic and we often get annoyed when we don't get the rewards that we didn't invest for and so if you want a body like Lipsit, you can't get it by thinking about treadmills. You have to actually go to the gym and invest and put yep. in the work consistently. Go put in the hours. And I think what you should do or what everyone should do is go through, you've 168 hours in a week. Where are you investing each of those? And you can spend some of them with no return, for sure. Like, that's important. It's Netflix or whatever. But where are you investing a lot of those? And are they investments that are going to bring you the rewards that you desire or no reward at all and make sure that your investments are aligned with the reward you're looking for yeah you, you can't cheat the grind like you yeah can't. you just you got to put in the hours this yeah it's just a direct direct correlation you know <laughs> exactly any uh any quotes that you would live by or stick to yes it has been my quote since i was 16 years old and uh i if i was to get a fucking tattoo another tattoo i've got a little secret tattoo on my leg that i got when i was 15 um it means absolutely nothing i've whipped it out on youtube before but so <laughs> in terms of quote it's i'll either find a way or make one right okay yeah there's a latin for that as well it's like ot envium ot facium i could have butchered Lipsy, don't that don't even try yeah i'm not even gonna try <laughs> latin 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 i'm like i speak latin no no but the quote is i'll either find a way or make one and i knew I, yes. you when you were 14 you can't speak latin i know yeah that. yeah exactly no what was that latin teacher in clongos father bradley that's a father oh bradley yeah yeah i did latin class for like a week and he was like get out <laughs> but no yeah i'll either find a way or make one it's just no excuses man it's just like literally like you're either gonna have to find a way or you're gonna have to come out with something new and so that was like me when i was starting my journey going a completely different path mm. to any other irish person there's yeah. no other there, when i started there was no other irish really was fit, online fitness uh content creator so again. I, if there was i'd be friends with him yeah because i'd have someone else to make videos with or someone else to collaborate with it was literally no one so i was like i'm just gonna pave my own way and you broke you broke so many cultural norms as well yeah the one quote that's on my uh uh, uh instagram page at the moment mr grad life it's and it's the great man is the man who makes every man feel great yeah. And I only read it recently, and I think it's a pretty uh, good way of summing you up now as well, because you talk about, and I know how true it is, that so many people ask you for favors now. And I really kind of didn't want to ask you to be on the podcast because I didn't want to become another one of those people <laughs> who just ask for handouts. And running into you the other night, and you literally bring, I was never going to bring it up, and you brought it up. You say, Hey, can yeah. I come on the podcast? Knowing exactly. that I was the only one to benefit. So thank you very no, much. Put very it right there. Honestly, no man. worries at all. Yeah. Again, I'm all about, you know, bringing my, my close circle up. And it's like when I walk into the room, I want to bring the vibe up because in turn, I'm going to have a great time. Yeah. So again, you know, I had an absolute blast chatting here uh, all evening, and it's actually been, been really nice for me. And it's like sometimes it's great to switch off, get off your phone get off the laptop and just have a good old chat so thank you it was actually funny when you came so the blizzards are recording downstairs and there was their producer i was in with them just watching them and then you come in you're like what's cracking brother to this like old producer guy <laughs> i was like what is this yeah, yeah. give me a record deal <laughs> yeah. gas libby you're a good man thanks no a lot no worries thanks for having me